coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles. We have a lot of injuries to update you guys on regarding the Eagles roster. Also, stock up, stock down after a shootout loss in Dallas on Saturday, 40-34. to All that more on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase. You can find our show Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms and on Twitter as well. Make sure you follow us at Lockdown Birds and at DiBiase LOE. Continuing to recap that shootout loss on Saturday to the Dallas Cowboys, 40-34. to Gardner Minshew and the backups nearly pull it off. I should really just say Minshew because outside of that, the Eagles roster was still very healthy and, uh, you know, took Dallas to the brink. That was a very entertaining football game. And, you know, it's disappointing the Eagles got the loss, 13-2 and now on the year. But at the same time, a lot of positives to take from that game that will carry over now into this matchup coming up on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field with the New Orleans Saints. The Eagles still just need one. The magic number is one. One win away from clinching not only the number one seed in the NFC, but also the NFC East Division Championship. On today's edition of the show, though, I want to keep taking a look back at that matchup against Dallas. A lot of takeaways still to get into. Stock up, stock down. Who shined and who struggled in that loss? But uh, I felt like we had to start the show with you know, a number of updates to the injury list right now that the Eagles are dealing with. And it's not looking great. I shouldn't say it's not looking great, comparatively speaking. Like, the Eagles, although they're dealing with so many injuries right now, most of them aren't out for the year. You're not getting them back for the playoffs, you know, at all these key positions. And, you know, you're not the San Francisco 49ers who are on their third quarterback. And, you know, there's so many teams that are dealing with a ton of injuries. And the Eagles have been pretty lucky this year that, you know, they've definitely been tested more so in the second half of the season as most NFL teams are. But even the injuries they've had, guys have been able to return to the field and or at least play injured. So what we have, of course, the one injury just, you know, outside of Jalen Hurts, I'd say this is the guy maybe outside of Jalen you can least afford to lose. And that's Lane Johnson. Uh, according to John Clark of NBC Philadelphia, Lane Johnson is a tear in his abdominal area. Um, he's out for at least these final two regular season games against the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants. He's eventually going to need surgery. That's per Jeff McClain. Um, if he does play in the playoffs, it's really going to be about pain tolerance uh, for Lane. The Eagles are 12-20 and 20 all time since 2013 without Lane Johnson. They are eight games under 500. He has been having one of the best seasons an offensive lineman has ever had, the most snaps ever without allowing a sack. Lane Johnson has that streak right now. He has been the best lineman in football, not just the best right tackle, not just the best tackle, not the best guard and center. You combine all the positions, all five spots up front, Lane Johnson's been that guy. And considering Jalen Hurts has a shoulder injury, you need to protect your quarterback. And we know you can win a Super Bowl with an elite offensive line, even with a backup quarterback in. Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, those guys were able to carry you. You know, even in you know 2017, you win a championship because of those guys, a huge part. 2019, you win a division, even though you have Deontay Burnett and Robert Davis, a receiver, because you had these guys up front on the offensive line. Losing Lane Johnson for the playoffs would be pretty devastating. So, 
you know, fingers crossed he can play through this pain. He's going to have about four weeks. He's going to have about a month to recover and get that pain tolerance as high as possible, let it heal up so then he can play for that divisional round game. I'm just nervous that it's going to be like the Deshaun Jackson injury in 2019, right, where he has – was I think a hernia, if I remember correctly. And Deshaun Jackson could have got surgery, but it would have guaranteed he was out at least, what, 10, I'm not a doctor, 10, 11 weeks. And DJX wanted to try to rehab it and come back sooner. Comes back in about a month against Chicago. Two plays in, takes a hit from behind on a comeback route, and then he's out for the year again. So hoping that, especially Lane Johnson's an older player like DJX was, you know, he's in his 30s now. I just, I really hope that this is not an injury that's just simply too hard to play through. And even if he plays, that he can still play at that elite historic level that he's been playing at. Again, hasn't allowed a sack since 2020. It's been the longest streak of all time in NFL history. So let's hope this month he can take to recover because the Eagles, man, again, outside of Jalen Hurts, maybe it's Jason Kelsey. Maybe you can say it's Hassan Riddick or A.J. Brown. There's a lot of valuable players in this roster, but I could argue that outside of Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson might be the best and the most important player to the Super Bowl run. So fingers crossed on that injury. If he cannot play, though, let's say in the playoffs, it's just not going to happen. My strategy would be to move Jordan Maialata to right tackle and put Andre Diller to left tackle. I know sometimes the Eagles and other teams, they don't like to switch two positions, right? They just want to have a change at one instead of having a new left tackle and a new right tackle. But for me, the logic here is I just want the best players in the field. I think Andre Dillard at left and Jordan Maialata at right is a better combination than Maialata at left tackle and Jack Driscoll at the right spot. Driscoll's been a very good, versatile player that stepped up when the Eagles needed him, but to me, I'd, I'd much rather have Dillard and Maialata, kind of like they did last year when Lane missed a game or two. Dillard played pretty solid on the left side, and Maialata has shown that he can play both sides. A little frustrating that Andre Dillard, though, is four years into his career, and he's like your main swing. I don't even want to say swing offensive lineman. It's frustrating that he's like your main backup, and he's not a swing offensive lineman like you know Halapulivati Vaitai was back in 2017 that can play both tackle spots and guard, like Isaac Samalu has shown too, and you know Jack Driscoll. The fact that Dillard, who's a more talented player than all those guys, right, a first-round pick in 2019, the fact that he can't play right tackle is frustrating that you'd have to even move Maialata, but I would still play that strategy because I think Dillard at left tackle and Maialata at right, those are two very good players. Driscoll style, but I think Maialata at the right side would be the, the better strategy. And by the way, this is why you don't trade offensive linemen. If you traded Andre Dillard away for like a fourth round pick, I think you'd be regretting that right now. But we're going to cross that bridge when we get to it. Let's really hope that Lane Johnson does not miss significant time. Again, going to miss these final two regular season games, but let's hope that he can play uh, in the playoffs. And then that same logic when it comes to, you know, Dillard on the left and my lot on the right, you know, putting the best players out there instead of prioritizing like positional switch and how many changes you're making to a certain unit. I think that same logic applies to the defensive side. So we know now Avante Maddox has a pretty significant foot injury. That's going to keep him out indefinitely. Mylod has been dealing with a lot of these injuries all year. Just has not been able to stay 100%. Despite when he's been out there, he's looked like one of the best, if not the best slot cornerbacks in the NFL. If Avante is out for the season, my logic, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson can be activated from the injured reserve list. We'll see if he is dealing with that lacerated kidney. When CGJ does come back, because he'll be back for sure, I think, for the playoffs. That's another four weeks away. 
I think you put him back where he was in New Orleans and you put him in the slot and then have Reed Blankenship and Kevon Wallace play at safety. I think those two have really looked good over the last month and a half with CGJ being out. Um, I would put CGJ in the slot when he returns. I think you saw what happened on Saturday in Dallas when a team moves their best receiver inside. And Josiah Scott, who Gino and I have hyped him up on this show over the season, I think he has filled in admirably. And the Eagles preferred to keep him in the slot when Maddox is out and keep Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at safety. But, you know, long-term, again, you're playing a lot of teams with great receivers that play in the slot in the playoffs. I, I again, think the talent, I want the best players out there. I think the combination of Chauncey in the slot and then Blankenship and Wallace rotating at safety, I think that's a stronger combination than CGJ staying deep and then putting Josiah Scott inside. Because if another team, if the Cowboys do it again with CeeDee Lamb, yeah, can you bracket him like they did? They adjusted in the second half, sure. But I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a much better coverage defensive back than Josiah Scott. And, you know, again, this isn't like a, a new player playing a new position. CGJ, it's the opposite. He, What he's been doing this year is a deep safety for the Eagles. That's been new which is as impressive considering he has six interceptions that he's adjusted that well, but he's used to playing in the slot. That's where he played for the four seasons he was with New Orleans. He played in the slot 99% of the time. So uh, we'll see what happens with all these injuries. As for Jalen Hurts, it sounds like he's going to push to play this week. And I think he really wants to. I think he wants to wrap up that one seed and the NFC East title, you know Jalen Hurts has the Saints number, beat him last year, beat him in his first start ever in 2020. It's it's a tough call. You guys voted on Twitter, 59% of you said you'd rather have Hurts play if he can go over Gardner Minshew. I go back and forth because you don't want to risk his health, and Lane Johnson might not be playing, so it might be harder to protect him on the right side. But at the same time, you don't want to risk heading into week 18 without this bye week wrapped up where Dallas could still get it, Minnesota. You need that bye week. You need that home field advantage. With these injuries right now, with how good the Eagles are at the link, you want the Super Bowl to run through Philadelphia. So it's a really tough call. I would hate to be Nick Sirianni this week. With Gardner Minshew, he played really well against Dallas. Can he beat the Saints? Absolutely. Would the Eagles be favored with Minshew in? I still think so, but... This would be a really high-pressure game without Jalen Hurts. And if you lose, there is a ton of pressure in Week 18. You cannot afford to blow this where you don't get the one seed or the division. But again, it's like you don't want to re-injure Jalen Hurts' shoulder either if it's not 100%. And there's a, a good chance. I guess it depends on just how the medical staff feels when it comes to the risk versus reward. Like, Is it very possible, very likely that it's not healed enough yet that it could completely tear his shoulder. You know, what, what is the severity of the injury? Can Jalen go it, it, you know, all those factors, you got to weigh into it, but this is definitely an important game. So we'll see what they decide for sure. I would hate to be the one making that decision. All right, guys, that is again, a, a ton of injuries to update you on. Hopefully all these guys get through the glass half empty perspective is there's so many injuries right now, right before the playoffs, and you still don't have this bye week wrapped up. There's a lot of pressure building up. The glass half full approach is Jalen Hurts is not out for the year. He probably could play this week if you needed it to make the playoffs. Lane Johnson still has a chance, a good chance, of playing in the postseason. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's coming back. You got Dallas Goddard back. At you know worst right now, you only have Avante Maddox out of your lineup when it comes to like full-time starters because Jordan Davis is out, but... You have so many other defensive linemen on the interior rotating through. So that, that would be the glass half full perspective. And again, you still are only one win or a Vikings or Cowboys loss away from you know securing that top seed.
All right, enough with the injuries. Let's get into some positives. Stock up coming up next after that loss to the Dallas Cowboys, 40-34. to Who shined and kept the Eagles in that football game? That's coming up next right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Ultimate Football GM. I am so geeked out about our new sponsors at Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating through your franchise, through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of the season is so much fun. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. It's kind of like the video game you grew up playing on your PlayStation, but right on your phone. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline as well. Play on the go, even if you don't have Wi-Fi and data, as you want to, when you want to. We've been doing a lockdown league over the past few months. It is so much fun. Uh, I'd suggest your you know, friends, you guys create the same thing. Head over to ultimate-gm.com, and you're going to get a free 100% boost if you're a Locked On Eagles listener, to your franchise, when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, that's LOCKEDON. So make sure you check it out today. Again, download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. I'm Louis DiBiase. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen today. And every day, make sure your second listen is the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Today is another edition of Stock Up, Stock Down, continuing to recap that 40-34 to loss at Jerry World Saturday. The Eagles fall to 13-2 and on the season, but again, they were up by 10 twice. You had a backup quarterback in this game on national television. You're playing a 10-win division rival who's got some really good pieces on both sides of the football. Like the Dallas Cowboys, they're a good football team. Are they a great football team that's going to win a title? I don't think so. Still banking on them completely choking in the playoffs as they normally do. And, you know, they choked against Jacksonville and Doug Peterson and gave the Eagles the chance to just secure the division with one more win. But at the same time, it's a good team. It's a good test. And, you know, I I came out of that game still you know, frustrated with all the turnovers, and it felt like the Eagles kind of lost that game more than Dallas won it. And it would have been great to celebrate on Christmas. You know, The division locked up and the one seed would have been a lot more comforting, especially considering the injuries the Eagles are now dealing with. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you went toe-to-toe with a really good team on the road with a backup quarterback, and it took Dallas 40 points to hold you off. And the Eagles still, with that final drive, got all the way to the opposing 30-yard line. So I was pretty happy, and I was really happy with Gardner Minshew's performance. Again, considering all those circumstances that I just laid out for you, plus, you know, he loses one of his mentors, right? His college coach, Mike Leach, passes away the week before. You know, he misses practice this week leading into the game. I think it was on Wednesday to give Leach's eulogy at his uh, funeral. And then Minshew comes in, throws for 355 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, he threw two interceptions, but you could probably blame Quez Watkins more so than Minshew on both of those. The first throw wasn't great by Minshew, but the second one, it was right in Quez Watkins' hands. He just lost the battle to the Cowboys' defensive back. Gardner Minshew, I thought, played extremely well. He is definitely, I think, one of the 32 best quarterbacks in football. I think he's going to push for a starting job next year, and 
maybe get the Eagles a good comp pick depending on you know the formula there. But uh, Minshew continues to add to the list of great Eagles backup quarterbacks, and he gave you a chance in that game. And it wasn't just because of the weapons. Like, yeah, having A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard return, an elite offensive line, and Miles Sanders, of course, that's going to help any backup. It's the best support system in the entire NFL. But I thought Minshew looked poised, confident, and then he got way more accurate as the game went on. And he bounced back too. Like every bad throw he had, he led the next play with a really good pass. And in certain pressure situations, like he came through. You'll get on third down in that game. Gardner Minshew on passing plays on third down. He went 7-4-11, not completions. He converted seven passing plays on third down of 11 attempts where they threw the football. Three of those plays included a 19-plus yard completion, and he also threw a touchdown on third down to Devontae Smith. So Gardner Minshew doesn't play all year, steps up against a playoff team on the road on Christmas, and he does that. Super impressive. I would say stock up to Gardner Minshew and uh, stock up to his weapons. We've been talking about these guys every week because they continue to set new highs. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith both surpass 100 yards on the game at Jerry World, and they are both now at 1,000 yards on the year. Brown's at 1,300 now, but Devontae Smith joins him in that 1K club. It's the first time ever, and I know we've used this stat a few times on the show, but I will never get over it. It is so fun to say. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, the first wide receiver combo in Eagles history to surpass 1,000 yards in the exact same season. And the tear they are on, guys, right now, absolutely incredible. Listen to this. The last four games, A.J. Brown has 27 receptions for 473 yards and three touchdowns, averaging over 100 yards a game. Devontae Smith, same thing. 23 catches, 405 yards, and four touchdowns. Since week 13, Brown is second in yards across the entire league receiving-wise, and Devontae Smith is third. Justin Jefferson is number one. Smith, since week 13, has the most 20-plus yard completions at nine. A.J. Brown is second with seven. And that's huge because somebody posed the question like a month ago, is Devontae Smith having a down year? And I don't think he was at all. His yardage was still looking strong. His receptions were going to surpass what he did last year. He's been money on third down, on the outside, in the slot in the red zone, blocking. But one thing that wasn't really there were the chunk plays. Well, they're here. Again, since week 13, Devontae is the most 20-plus yard receptions of anybody. You know, compare him to A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill. Devontae Smith has been the best deep threat in the league since week 13. They have been just on an elite tear. I don't think we've ever seen two Eagles receivers get this hot at the exact same time. Devontae, seeing the contested catches he made, the tough grabs against Dallas – That reminded me a lot of like those final games in 2018 against LA, Houston, Washington in the playoffs against Chicago and New Orleans, where if you remember Alshon Jeffrey got so hot in that final month and a half, that playoff run nearly to get back to the NFC title when he just kept making some absurd catches. The difference though is Alshon is a big heavyweight wide receiver that that's his bread and butter is we saw in the Super Bowl go up and get the football. Devontae Smith, it's crazy, but that's his bread and butter too, but he's 160 pounds. It is some of the coolest uh, some of the coolest stuff to watch in the NFL is seeing what these two are doing. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith stock up to both elite wide receiver ones. One more stock up here from that game against Dallas. Not a lot of positives on the defensive side of the ball, but Josh Sweat continues to be maybe the – I think you, know, you talk about Devontae and Brown being maybe the two hottest players on offense – 
over the last month. I think Josh Sweat has been the best defensive lineman over the last four weeks. Maybe you could throw Hassan Riddick in there as well for the Eagles. Josh Sweat finished that game with a pick six on the first drive and one and a half sacks. He's at 11 on the year. It's a career high. He joins Javon Hargrave and Hassan Riddick in the double-digit sack club. Brandon Graham's at nine, one away. If Graham gets one sack in these final two games, the Eagles are the first team ever with four players that have at least 10 sacks, which is absolutely incredible. Josh Sweat has been leading the way with Reddick. Um, he has eight and a half sacks in the last seven games, and he has a sack in the last five weeks, five straight games where he has at least one sack. That is the longest streak in the NFL, and it's the longest streak for the Eagles in 20 years. I just... I love seeing the emergence of Josh Sweat. It's been coming every single year. He takes a certain step, then another step, then another step. This year, he took the step. You know how we've said that we laid that out for Jalen Hurts? Like, since Alabama, he's taken a step up in his passing repertoire, you know, year two at Bama, year three, then with Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, then with Doug Peterson. And last year, he took some steps. He's become a better player every year. But, you know, the steps were kind of gradual. They were smaller. And then this year, he takes the MVP-like step. Josh Sweat kind of doing that same thing on the defensive side of the football. I still think he might be, and Gino agrees with me, I think Josh Sweat might be the most underrated defensive player in the NFL. Stock up to Josh Sweat. Gardner Minshew, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown, a lot of positives still in that loss. But at the same time, the Eagles did blow two 10-point leads in that game. They probably right now should be NFC East champions, and they should probably have the one seed locked up, but they did blow it at the end there. So we'll get into the negatives coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy. If you took the over on you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown on Saturday or Gardner Minshew for passing yards, you would have won some money at prize picks. So here is how it works. You pick two to five players, and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection, go up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch as well. Of course, the NFL, but you've also got college football, the NBA, the NHL, uh, college basketball. When the Phillies roll back around, you can bet on baseball, the MLB, cricket, esports, MMA, boxing, you name it. The WNBA, it's all available at Price Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals as well. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. So if you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they're going to give you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. I'm Louis DiBiase. We are wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles, wrapping up our recap of that Saturday game against Dallas. The Eagles fall 40-34. to They're 13-2 and on the year now, still just one win away from clinching that top seed in the NFC and the NFC East Division Championship. Hopefully they can get that locked up against New Orleans so they can just focus on getting healthy for Week 18. Getting Jalen Hurts maybe some just some snaps so he doesn't go five weeks without playing a football game. Let Lane Johnson keep healing up this abdominal injury. Get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back as well and you know, figure things out before this Super Bowl run. Uh, but again, I want to keep looking back at that game against Dallas. A lot of positives in it. Stock up to Gardner Minshew, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Josh Sweat. At the same time, though, the Eagles did lose a game that they probably shouldn't have lost. 
even with the glass half full approach that I've been taking over these past two shows. And I think the biggest reason they lost was the defense, which is embarrassing. You have a backup quarterback in and you had to win a shootout. Like the offense was really the only reason you had a chance. Special teams wasn't good again either. I thought their coverage was uh, brutal. The kick return game wasn't great. There were barely any punts because it was a shootout, but the defense did not step up. That was the unit that had to step up, and they really didn't. Outside of that first pick six by Josh Sweat, uh, it was pretty brutal. And I think this one, a lot of it was on coaching. Obviously, the four-man pass rush isn't working. Josiah Scott getting shredded in coverage. But your defensive coordinator has to recognize what is working and what is not, and then adjust accordingly. Yes, you have your base defense, your scheme, your philosophy of this is what we do. This is what we've done best all year. It's why we're number one in almost every defensive category. Like when it's not broken, don't fix it for sure. Some people, even when the Eagles have a great defensive performance, they don't like Gannon's approach. They don't like that. It's not super aggressive and not super blitz heavy. And it's more a matter of preference versus the actual product and the result. But this game shows when Gannon's philosophy can really stabbed the Eagles in the back. And it shows it showed how he takes sometimes a little bit too long to adjust from what they do. When CeeDee Lamb is on pace for like 200 receiving yards and he is shredding up your backup slot cornerback and Josiah Scott and your zone coverage where TJ Edwards is getting lined up on Lamb and, you know, Kazir Edwards, excuse me, Kazir White. I mean, CeeDee Lamb's one of the best receivers in football. TJ Edwards, as good as he's become as a coverage linebacker, in the open field, doesn't stand a chance. He's going to get sent to another planet every single time. You're Jonathan Gannon. You have to adjust that coverage. Even if you don't want to go to man and put Darius Slay on the inside or James Bradbury, you've got to switch things up. They finally started to bracket Lamb with Wallace and Scott, but it took them way too long to adjust. When things are not working, you cannot take two quarters to change your coverage. The Cowboys recognize this flaw in the Eagles' scheme, and they kept exploiting it over and over again. And that is so frustrating to see when something happens like four, five, six, seven times, and still nothing is changing. Like that's when I call a timeout, or I say, Darius Slay, get in there. We're playing man coverage. Zone wasn't working. Dak Prescott against zone coverage on Saturday was 24 for 24 for 300 yards against zone coverage. Not good enough. Moving forward with Avante Maddox out with Josiah Scott inside. Maybe you put Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the slot when he comes back. But to me, there's got to be a better balance of zone and man concepts when zone is not working, when a team has like one legitimate threat like CeeDee Lamb, when an offense puts him in the slot. You cannot afford to have Josiah Scott covering CeeDee Lamb. You cannot afford to have your linebackers on him. It's just inexcusable when you have James Bradbury and Darius Slay on this defense. It is, it's mind-boggling. It's like you have the Hulk, right? Let's say you're, for Hulk fans out there, you're fighting Abdominal, um, whatever his name was, the other big Hulk, or like Red Hulk, right? Um, you're fighting him, and you're like, eh, we have Hulk over there, but we want to keep him over there to fight all these other smaller soldiers. We're going to put, like, you know, Hawkeye fighting him. I don't know. I'm sorry. That analogy was awful. But you get the gist. It's like you have the antidote, and you're choosing not to use it. It, because you're scared of what Michael Gallup on the outside. I mean, who unbelievable. I, I didn't, that was an awful performance from Jonathan Gannon felt like a vintage 2021 kind of game. And I thought he took way too long to adjust and they got to figure that out moving forward for sure. When it comes to zone, man, you know, matchups, you gotta be more 
you got to use context and you got to be more matchup based when it comes to this defense at times. You can't just say, this is what we do. We're not changing it no matter what. No. When you're a defense, offense is the way they change all the time. You can't afford to think like that. You really can't. All right. Also, stock down to Quez Watkins. My guy has been, I mean, I'm going to say it. I mean, I, I'll hype up Quez when he's been great. And, you know, for three, four weeks when Dallas Goddard went down, Quez really stepped up against the Colts, Packers, Titans. He made some big plays for sure. Touchdowns, made some plays down the field in the screen game. The last two weeks, he's been horrible. He's been awful. He is not finishing routes. It's felt lazy. Um, the effort, just the the efficiency hasn't been there. Um, you know, you look at those two interceptions. He kind of caused both of them. Minshew, it was a, it was a late bad throw. But Quez Watkins, you got to win those battles. You have a, a defensive back climbing over you, and you didn't even make a play on the ball. You got to come back and get that. And the second throw, you know, in the fourth quarter, in that kind of spot, Quez just lost the one on one battle. The ball was in his hands, and the cornerback just ripped it right from him. Quez Watkins has been brutal. Last week, the screen and reverse game with him felt like he was trying to dance way too much instead of just use his speed and take the yards you can get. It was like a one- to two-yard play every time, and they needed him still because Goddard wasn't in. Quez has not stepped up the last two weeks. It's two weeks in a row now where he shows up on my stock down list. So stock down to Jonathan Gannon, uh, Quez Watkins, the entire defense as a whole just was not good enough. Josiah Scott really got exploited. Uh, they need Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back bad, and they need Jonathan Gannon to be better than he was on Saturday. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown Eagles. Thank you so much for always making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown Sports Today podcast with my boy Peter Bukowski. He brings you the biggest stories from around the world of sports in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anybody else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening to Lockdown Eagles. And as always, let's go birds. We'll see you tomorrow.